The Morning Struggle podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.bluecloverTherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down one at a time into history, science, and action plan so you can implement them into your life to build a better you. Stay tuned. You ready? Oh no. I don't know if I don't know if the camera can see my it can. fingers. It can. Five. No. Four. Three. Two. One. <laughs> Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, everyone. Hi, guys. Hi, I'm Ty. I'm Jesse. And uh, we bring you Habits of Successful People. Mm-hmm. And you may notice we have a reboot going. Is this is this what this is considered? This, these are called reboots. Oh, okay. So it's like when you take an amazing show from the 80s mm-hmm. and you reboot it. But we're not from... Oh, we are from the 80s. We are cool. from I got the, really excited about that. Okay. <laughs> um, so we're doing a few new things. First mm-hmm. of all, we're doing it via video now. So if you want to yes. watch us actually talk to each other in our basement... Go ahead and go to the YouTube, The Morning Struggle, and you can see the podcast, all the magic that happens. It's the hand gestures. Yeah. And really? We, I can do like this stuff, like, I can look at a camera like that. So, and I can drink my coffee off to the side. Look Dead at air. all of, look at all of these very amazing things you guys get to witness. Yeah. So, um, and also we're going to start doing a back to basics or kind of like module based stuff. Yes. So take everybody through real quick, if they're the first time listener or first time watcher, right. what we do here. Okay. So first, what we do is we banter. We're really good at it. No, we're not. Second, we, we do a, a history of whatever our habit is. So we take a, a single habit. We take a habit of successful people. Yeah. We and research we, these habits. Right. We you, break it down. We break it down. So that you can implement it into your world. And it's it's broken down. We like to do the history segment about like why this is. We do the science behind it. We do coffee because coffee's awesome. And then we put it into an action plan so you guys can actually implement it. Yeah. So we started this because we wanted to be more successful. So mm-hmm. we started saying, hey, what do successful people do? What are the habits they have? Right. And then we started implementing them. And yeah. we thought we'd share that via podcast. So everybody who's joined us, we've got 60-something episodes uh-huh. um, and habits. There are a lot of habits. Now it's like kind of we're rebooting. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. If you're new, welcome it's going to be overwhelming, and there's a lot of habits to do. Well, and that's why we're doing the back to basics, because it's so, it's the ones that we feel the core ones that have been the most effective, and then kind of a, a way to make it more thorough in implementing them. Right. So we're doing back to basics. So this morning, we're talking about early morning wake-ups. Yes, yeah. So this is what started it all, was the 5 a.m. wake-up. Mm-hmm. All the famous CEOs and people like that, they wake up super early at 3 o'clock in the morning, and they do more before breakfast and you do all day. Yeah. All that good stuff. Yeah. So we decided to implement that. Uh-huh. So we're going to talk about early morning wake-ups today yes. and how you can implement an early morning wake-up into your life to be more successful. Right. So without further ado, let's get into some history. Nice. This day in history. All right. For this, I got to put down my coffee because I wrote them out today. Oh my gosh. For, and those, then- for those of you who have never seen me via video. Yeah. I'm usually up here like scrambling, trying to find my notes, mm-hmm. but now I even got a highlighter. 
You stole my highlighter. I know I did. I didn't know that you were going to take it, take it. So early morning wake-ups were the original show. We yeah. did alarm clocks. We did. Fascinating. If you want to learn about alarm clocks, look at show number one. Right. This one, we're going to switch up the history, and we're going to talk about beds. What? The history of beds. Okay. You, you're like, okay, we had beds, and then we slept in them. Game over. Nope, not even close. You ready? <laughs> 77,000 years ago. Whoa. Now, this is from National Geographic. They're a reputable company. Mm-hmm. I looked them up. Uh, in <laughs> Zwazulu Natal in South Africa, they found a bed. It was about 12 inches thick, okay. 22 square feet Whoa. made of made of like burned plants and grass materials. I want so, a bed that big. I know. So like it was for like the whole family. Oh. That's usually what beds were actually back I in I don't the day. want anyone else in my bed with me. You don't want anyone else in your bed? Mm-mm. Yeah. So they, par- they periodically burned the mattress to stop um, insects. Oh. And, and spiders and snakes and stuff from living in their bed. Oh my gosh. So snakes we fast in their bed. I know. So we fast forward okay. to 8000 BC. Okay. So we go from 77,000 BC to 8000 BC and they found some uh, beds, little tiny nomad beds. So back in the day, about this time, we were starting to go from hunter-gatherer to agricultural societies. Right. Well, in Heinz Cave in southwestern Texas, they found these little pods of like mounded grass and leaves. Yeah. That were the size of like a little like curled up person in a fetal position. Like a and they nest. had a bunch of these little nests that, that humans used to sleep in. Oh, I like that. So for a long time, for hundreds of thousands of years, we slept on little grass mounds and we were smart enough to kind of burn them so we didn't get uh, oh, snakes in it. snakes in it. So, but then you, then you go to the starters of it all. Ancient Egypt, 3000 BC to 1000 BC. Did you, so they have, they invented written language engineering, building, querying, eye makeup, toothpaste, door locks, and hair shaving and grooming implements. There is no way they weren't aliens. It was, it's ridiculous. Let's be honest. We go from sleeping on gr- burned grass uh-huh. to this stuff. Incredible. Very innovative. But they invented the raised bed. Ooh. It was usually made of wood. It was ornately fashioned. Uh-huh. And you had like a, a mattress with maybe stuffed with like wool or, oh. or something like that. If you were poor though. Okay. Oh, and they had linen sheets. Egyptian oh, cotton. It was amazing. Le- that was a legit thing. That was a legit thing. If you're poor, you slept on the floor. Like on the floor floor? Like like on the floor. You just slept on the floor, maybe in a pile of grass or leaves or hay. Oh. Uh, let's go fast forward. Every time you talk about ancient Egypt, then you fast forward to ancient Rome. Yeah, because it goes real quick. Ancient Rome was about 1000 BC to about, well, it says 476 AD. Okay. So that's very specific. I didn't realize there was like a day when they're like, hey, Rome's gone. <laughs> Ancient Rome's gone. It's it's now modern. It was Rome. not over a few years. Yeah. It was this day. Yeah, but they invented the metal bed. Yeah, they were all about metal. They were they were the the metal age. So same thing though. You had a feather or a straw stuffed mattress. Oh, see. Yep. Uh, if you were poor, mat on the floor. It's the same kind of stuff. Same huh? kind of stuff. So we fast forward to medieval life. This is like fifth uh, century through fifteenth century. Okay. Uh, these were when we decided that beds really showed who we were as a person. So they became extravagant. Ooh. Like, like when now? Wealthy extravagant in the Middle Ages. Oh, okay. So gotcha. this is where you get the four-poster bed. Whoa. So like ridiculously big four posts with the dra- velvet drapes. And they're kind of keeping out mosquitoes and bugs. But mainly it was, it was to show fanciness. off how fancy you are. It, it was actually... Such a show-off move that uh-huh. you would usually hold like business meetings and events in your bedroom while you sat in bed. 
So you're sitting there in your pillows. You you sit in your pillows and your your like, lower level people of oh. your estate mm-hmm. would gather around you while you orated all of your amazing ideas. That really takes breakfast in bed like to a whole new level. Whole whole new level. Mm-hmm. This would be like they'd they'd encrust their bed with gold and jewels. Pretty ridiculous. Um, if you were poor, you slept at the foot of the bed or on the floor. Like a puppy? Like a puppy. You, they used to have like little trundle bed things you'd pull out from under the bed where the servants would sleep. So if you needed them, you'd be like, servant? If you needed, if you needed your servant, my right there. Because you got to think like no indoor plumbing, stuff like that. There's a lot oh, of servant Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff. things that... Um, and if you were poor again, you're on the floor in a bag stuffed with hay. Oh, so the the hay bag floor situation is it's pretty the, it's, it's a pretty constant thing yeah like, like it's just throughout time but now, to, to be honest when i first met you your bed was on the floor too i'm i'm because i'm a very medievalish type of guy it was not i'm really classy. down to earth i'm really down to earth is I'm that what it more is hunter gather here i'm gonna take a sip of my coffee <laughs> on the on the videos on like, the vid don't hit the, the microphone don't do it but this is where hitting the hay came from what the the term hitting the hay okay comes from this because you would have your bag of hay because you laid down on it and you'd hit it to do two things one you'd fluff it oh yeah to like yeah. make it fluffy mm-hmm. but also two you would hit it so all the bugs and rats got out of your hay they they like they like beds too why would they not want that next one renaissance hold on we're gonna just coast right over this idea Co- that you have right to over. hit the hay to get this the bugs and the Bed, beds are gross i'm not gonna lie beds are gross regardless of beds what are kind of gross now too yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um renaissance so we come out of the dark ages out okay. of the middle ages into the renaissance here we go and this is what i think what happened with the renaissance a lot of art a lot of, a lot of culture a lot of engineering but mainly i think what happened was the middle class was finally able to afford things that was only upper class privilege before oh, aka yeah. the bed the bed yep so they decided hey we want a four poster bed too yeah so middle class people actually started getting a separate bedroom uh-huh everybody started getting a separate bedroom but middle class would have like a second floor or something like that uh-huh. and they'd have a four poster bed in it and the bedroom was just that just for sleeping Oh, yeah. like your bedroom your bed it's a room. room for your yeah. bed people people depending on how high in society you were they would still do business and stuff like that in their bedroom okay um, and poor people used to just have like a hut so their their bed was in their one room right 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 so right. that was from middle ages on you know yeah so but the the middle class was really able to to uh step up their game wow. and then the great bed of where if you're on video i'm gonna try to find a picture of this if you're on podcast world just close your eyes and imagine a <laughs> giant bed that can fit eight people. Okay. They said there were like, there, this was in an inn in, in oh Victoria. Oh my gosh, this wasn't even a family? No, this was like a hotel. This was oh. a hotel and eight people. People used to share beds all the time. Read like any book from that era. That was a very common, you'd go to an inn, they'd say, yeah, you've got you've got a guy in that bed. You, got you can sleep next to him. And then you'd be like, oh, and that bed's got four guys in it. You can sleep in between two of them. Like it was, you so share you beds got, all the time. So like the, if you're the edge of the bed, is that like prime real estate? Yeah, it's, you, like you get, you it's like first class. It's like a first, their... ca- first class plane ticket. So the bed of where 1590, eight people. And they said it was so famous that even Shakespeare wrote about it in the 12th night. How was it famous? Because people come up from all over to stay in the bed. 
to stay in this eight-person bed. It was the biggest bed in the world. In fact, if it's still there, it's in a museum now. I'm going to ask if we can stay in it. There is no way I'm staying in a bed that had eight randos in it all the time. Who said you were invited to go to this amazing (laughs) bed vacation? (laughs) So so anyway, then we're going to get to the 18th century, so the 1700s. This is like colonial era. Um, Beds became simpler. It was like, hey, yeah. I'm, I don't need this big ornate bed. Oh, and beds were passed down like generation to generation. That was another thing. Oh, Back wow. in the day, like your bed was so extravagant, you passed it down to your kids and they passed it down to their well, kids. Was it just the frame? Imagine or... sleeping in your grandparents' bed. Well, is it the frame or is it the mattress? Well, the mattresses were pretty dis- disposable, I think, because of all the stuff. Oh, but, anyway. but like the frame, people do that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's less weird. It's less weird. It's the mattress that would be. But in Colonial, they had cotton stuffed mattresses because cotton was a big thing in Colonial era. Right. So that's when we first got the cotton stuffed mattress. And this was also when the bedroom became a private space, even for um, upper class people. It's like, hey, the bedroom is no longer for like receiving visitors. It's just for sleeping and fun times. So (laughs) 19th century, this is Victorian era. Okay. Okay. you do, like you said, do three things, sleep, sex, give birth. That's all you did. Oh. They also invented the metal bed spring in this time, Ooh. which made it very stable because usually you, before you had straps, but now you got metal bed springs and it made it really squeaky. So the kids were like, what <laughs> is going on there? 20th century. We're kind of skipping through these ones pretty fast because there's nothing really crazy, but 20th Every- century, 1900s, we've got bed innovation. This is when, this was the golden era of beds. Oh. We've got the Murphy bed. Okay. The water bed. Yeah. The inner spring bed. Oh. The memory foam bed. Mm-hmm. And that's it. We only have four kinds of beds, I guess. The water bed was the biggest failure of all time. The the biggest failure of all time that it didn't that idiots like us didn't catch on and buy buy them in bulk. It's yes, a giant pool in your room that's gonna pop at some point and the water's gonna go everywhere. It's the most impractical thing I, ever. I love it. Anyway, everybody loves it. <laughs> Nobody loves it. Um nineteen ninety two memory foam was invented. Nice. And uh now you can buy your mattress on the internet. So And have it delivered to and you. Have it delivered to you. Same day. So there you go. There's your history of beds. So why do we care about beds? Because you want a good night's sleep so you can wake up at 5 Mm a.m., refreshed, ready to go to be super successful. So let's get into phase two of the reboot, science. Are you ready for this incredible science segment? I love your science segments. I'm guessing it's going to have cortisol. Yeah. In it, and it's gonna you're yeah. gonna talk about the amygdala at some point. Oh, not the amygdala. Oh. Other things. Other 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 parts other of the things. brain. Well, let's hear it. Well, so you're gonna have to go on a little bit of a journey with me. So hang tight. Okay. It's all gonna loop back. Okay. And if it doesn't loop back, I'm gonna have you loop us back. We'll we'll get we'll fashion. get looped. Let's I do like, it. Let's get looped. Okay. First off, you need to know when your brain works best. So it is actually scientifically demonstrated that p- some people are early birds okay some people are um evening birds evening owls night owls night owls <laughs> you, you know, know the early worms and the night birds and the night birds <laughs> yeah so, so people's brains work better at dur- different times right right the idea that we're looking for here is the runway in which we start doing our stuff so it doesn't matter if you wake up at 4 a.m or you wake up at 9 a.m you want that time before you 
before you have to do your start your day uh-huh. and when you wake up. You want that time to ease into your day, to do yeah. your day, start your, to set your day up properly. Yeah, and it's okay. usually a couple of hours. This idea of just kind of slowly moving into your day is is really important, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay, so wake up at 5. If you start day at 7, you can wake up at 7. If you start your day at 9, just yeah. give yourself a little bit of time. Yeah, So and that does not include your get ready time. Ooh, that's just, so you got to... Add your get ready time on top of that. Yeah. So if it takes you, so if you're like, like you, me, three hours, six minutes, <laughs> six minutes, it does not. You brush your teeth. I don't have to comb my hair anymore, which mm-hmm. is nice. Yeah. I'm done. I'm ready to go. That's, I got my coffee. It does not take you, you six minutes. Like four and a half hours. It doesn't take me four and a half hours. It's 5 a.m. in the morning. You've got a blazer on. You've got, literally got a blazer on well, at five can, in the morning. Now they By the way, everybody, we're it's five in the morning right now, and it's ridiculously early. And Jesse put on a blazer. So well, it's it's. We're videoing now. I know. I know. Usually we're down here. Gotta wear like, it. looks good. Yeah, you look good on the video. Yeah. All anyway, right. but what we're going to do for our purposes here for the early morning wake up, we're going to kind of focus on this 5 a.m., 4 o'clock in the morning type wake up time because the corporate world um, is typically in, like around 9 o'clock that you wake up or you that got, you get going on And your you job. got shower time. You got commuting time. So yeah. to get that two hours, you need to wake up about 5 o'clock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, roughly. So what what we're looking at here is the circadian rhythm. And all of our systems work off of this circadian rhythm, including our immune system, our metabolism, our blood sugar, our cholesterol, healing, cell rejuvenation. And this is really important because in the frontal lobe, we need those cells to rejuvenate. So specifically in the brain, cell, cell rejuvenation. Um, and it also highly affects psych- psychiatric disorders like depression, anxiety, bipolar. Um, it prevents cancer and dementia. So our circadian rhythm, our sleep cycle, yes. does all these things. Well, and the circadian rhythm is actually more complex than just the the sleep cycle. Because we, we that's what we tend to think of, right? Like I, when we go to bed, when, we, when wake we wake up. up. Right. And when our body typically wants to do that, okay. right? Um, but what the circadian rhythm actually is, so it's, it's considered the master clock. And you notice how my hand signals? I like that people can see them now. I'm very yeah, excited. You're like, very <gasps> animated. Yeah. Um, so it's the master clock, and it's the supra... Uh, cosmetic nucleus or the SCN. Okay. And this is actually a part of the hip, um, hypothalamus. The hypothalamus? Hypothalamus, yeah. yeah. Um, Hippocampus or hypothalamus? Hypothalamus. Okay. It's part of the hypothalamus. And it it goes through your entire day. So it's a 24-hour cycle. So it's based on our day. Okay. And um, yes, it does tell you when you need to go to sleep and when you need to wake up and all that business. But it also is impacted by exercise, temperature, social interaction, including sexual behavior, and light. Okay, it's so kind of the big dip, uh, depictors there. It's pretty much like how your brain interacts with your 24-hour day. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the whole thing. It's not just I go to bed, I wake up. Yes. Right. So we, like I said, like your brain will be like, oh, I'm getting tired. It's time to go to bed. But we also do the same thing with social behaviors. So if we typically have to see um, our receptionist Courtney in the morning, right? When I walk in, my brain is already going to be primed for that social interaction so that things just kind of more autopilot happen. Gotcha. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, makes perfect sense. And it actually resets every 24 hours. So okay. you can kind of, you can kind of change your circadian rhythm every 24 hours, even though some things take a little bit longer to autopilot. And I, I the example I give here is starting a new job. 
So you start a new job and it's extremely exhausting, right? Right. So you're changing the daytime circadian rhythm in that situation because you're going to have different social behaviors. You're going to have different times of lunch. Your blood sugar is going to vary, that kind of thing, because your body is always trying to autopilot what's going on. So if you typically eat at a certain time, it's going to prime your digestion and your insulin and your blood sugar. And it's, it's going to have all these things in play, but it can't proper, properly do that if your circadian rhythm is always shifting. So if you don't get in a routine, if you're just kind of all over the place, you switch a job, you get like super tired, you can get anxious, you can have all these these bad negative effects yeah. because your body is not just gliding through in homeostasis. Yeah, because okay. yeah, it can't predict what's going on, all right? right? Okay, so... This is why the early morning wake up is so important because what it is, is you're giving yourself a runway to, um, to slowly move into your day. Okay. Okay. And the, the key there, and this is based on, um, kind of the development of the brain. If you are starting your off day, your day off slow, you're not starting your day off with an adrenaline and cortisol bump. So we don't want an adrenaline cortisol bump. We, we do not we don't want, want to that. wake up. Throw on the clothes we wore yesterday uh-huh. and jump in the car to go to work real yeah. quick. Yeah, because that cortisol is a stress hormone. Right. And adrenaline is like, I'm going to die. I need to save myself, right? So you don't, you, we don't want those first thing in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Because what happens is when we do that, our brain starts swelling. Okay. And so when our brain swells, it cannot cell rejuvenate, right? Oh, okay. So if you give yourself that time, your, your cells are actually rejuvenating. It does the majority of that in its sleep, right. but it, it continues to do that throughout the day, right? But you just get deterioration and you don't get rejuvenation yes. if you get that first thing bump. Yeah. Okay. And that's actually what, why they think that our frontal lobe and our AKA our executive functioning is so thorough is because as humans, now we were, in, or as we were going through the history of evolutionary life. process there it is yep, there it is that's the word we were able to sleep and slowly wake up okay because prey like little deer they don't tend to like curl up and relax and then stretch when they wake up because they're getting chased by tigers all the time all the time tigers love deer they love to eat Do tigers deer. Eat? wolves eat deer too wolves eat deer as well wolves but, and tigers but okay. they have to always kind of be aware they can't completely go to sleep but humans are unique we can head all the way down into REM sleep where it's actually hard to wake someone and so our frontal lobe starts developing, right? Yeah. And and that's kind of the problem with now is that we get these adrenaline bumps to get going throughout our day. So our frontal lobe is swelling and not cell rejuvenating. And then we're like, why does everybody have attention problems? And because nobody is sleeping the way that we should be sleeping. Okay, so that makes that makes perfect sense. That's the circadian rhythm. Yeah, and that's why that is so important. And it's a full twenty four hours, not just your sleep cycle. Okay. So once we get in rhythm with our circadian rhythm, it's really kind of cool. So um, it you're better at coping, and you have you reduce your general negativity about the world and your your headspace. Um, and you're more attractive. What? Yep. So just by getting better sleep, mm-hmm. I can become more beautiful? Yes, exactly. That's amazing. Will it grow my hair back? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think that's how that works. That's okay. But that, so I can be beautiful without it. Yes, you can. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, because the thing is, is that we don't have the dark sunken in eyes. We're uh-huh. not as like our posture changes okay. when we didn't get enough sleep. And, sure. and our circadian rhythm, if it can't predict what's going to happen, we don't tend to like put our posture up. Or, you know, like, oh, I'm going to have a social interaction, that kind of thing. So it's not just your physical appearance 
but it's your projection of yourself yes. as well. Yeah, okay. exactly. Well, and that's the thing is not only do you get into rhythm of your circadian rhythm, right? But then you're also spending this morning runway, whatever that is, um, doing things like creative creative type things or self-improvement type things. So you're exercising or you're journaling or you're meditating or you're you know, yeah, doing you, reading or you're getting something done that betters you as a person. Yeah, you're enriching your life. So you're, therefore, you're more positive. You're as well. able to add more and more habits of successful people <laughs> into your runway. That's why we're doing back to the basics. Yeah, 60 of them yeah. all in this one morning. All in one morning. Yeah. So okay. the it's really uh, it really makes sense to get into rhythm with your circadian rhythm. Right. And then also be able to do self-care because you're just able to cope and life is just better. Life is just better. Mm -hmm. So you got to sharpen that saw. Yep. All right. I like it. Anything else for science? Nope. That's that. Okay. So now after science, we do a quick little coffee segment. Yes. And then we talk into action plan. We got some new cool action plan deliverables, I guess we would call them. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll get into that. So coffee, action plan, and then building better us's. I drank pots and pots and pots and pots of strong black coffee trying to keep my sleepy soul awake but the sleepiness still comes along and when it does it's fast and strong i end up with a bad case of the shakes we're going to talk about the psychology of why we like coffee. Let me take just a moment and enjoy my coffee. Yeah, look at look at Jesse enjoying her black coffee because mm-hmm. we're black coffee drinkers. We are. Because the coffee personality test told us that we are psychopaths. Yep. So um, this came from Northwestern University. Oh, see, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a little university up Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so bitterness. Bitterness is interesting because coffee is a very bitter drink. Yeah. We as humans don't really like bitterness. Bitterness tells us that a food is probably poisonous. We is it poisonous of, or is it not ready? Not ready or poisonous. Oh, okay. So this is what Northwestern University said. Oh, they're what big What do deal. they know? Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so so we kind of try to avoid bitterness. Mm-hmm. It's one of those human conditions. So if coffee being so bitter, why do we like it? So at first I thought, well, maybe people who really like coffee don't have a sensitivity to bitterness. That was not true. They actually have more of a sensitivity to bitterness. What? So this was a study, uh, about 400,000 people from a UK biobank where they take your genetics, right? So there's three different kind of bitter tastes. There's caffeine, um, quinine, and I'm going to butcher this one, but propylthoroacyl. It's some long chemical. And those are a synthetic bitter compound. But those those are your three kind of bitter tastes. So what they did is they found people with sensitivity to these different kinds of bitterness. Right. And people who had a sensitivity to caffeine, actual sensitivity, uh-huh. tend to drink more coffee. And they no said, okay, wait, way. You, you want to avoid bitterness because it's going to kill you. So why, if you're more sensitive to bitterness, do you drink more coffee? Yeah. And they think it's more of a positive reinforcement, Pavlov's dogs kind of situation. Ooh, go into that. So you're very sensitive to caffeine. Right. Which means when you drink it, you get the good caffeine rush, right? Mm-hmm. You actually really feel it. So that bitterness is now associated with the energy boost you get from caffeine. So when you taste bitterness, uh-huh. you, your body is saying, I've got some bitterness. I'm going to get an energy boost. And I really like that. I would like some more bitterness, please. Oh, so as wow. you drink coffee, it, that's why you say coffee's an acquired taste. Coffee's not really an acquired taste. Coffee is an acquired addiction response. That is very accurate. Look at how interesting that is. So that's why someone would have to like ingest a cup of coffee. Like, because kids always go like, 
Right. Right? So you Not that we're giving our kids coffee, but the... <laughs> <laughs> we do. <laughs> Will really likes it. <laughs> we don't. We uh, don't. No, but this idea of like where they have to drink the coffee, the caffeine has to get into the system. Right. And then you're like, ooh. Right. This so is the first nice. time you drink coffee, is like, that's disgusting. Right. But you get a little energy kick. And then so the next time you do it, you'll be like, okay, it's still kind of disgusting, but I kind of like the energy kick. And before long, you say, I really like the disgustingness of this. Right. That's essentially what coffee does. And coffee is actually pretty healthy for you if you do it in moderation. Yeah. They're finding a lot of positive benefits of coffee. So don't feel bad if you drink your coffee. Just maybe not drink 18 cups of coffee a day. And, uh, or do. Or do. And that's <laughs> well, that's the only way I'm waking up at 5 a.m. drinking 18 <laughs> cups of coffee. So It's so good. That's why we love coffee so much. Yes. So, Because yeah. we have, we have the, now the addiction then to caffeine and we love the bitter taste of yeah we've got we've got a kind of an addiction response to caffeine essentially yeah, i would, would i would say sense, yeah. i would say it was an addiction response but mm-hmm. yeah it's not a, not bad i guess if you're using it in moderation and it's not affecting your home life right if you're not like sorry kids no college i gotta buy gotta top up. shelf as you're like shaking. roasted beans yeah exactly <sighs> yeah so, but anyway so there you go there's your coffee segment. oh that's very interesting yeah. so let's circle back around because it's right here. It's like now it's going to be like 530. We're drinking our coffee. We're having our runway. We're doing our early morning wake ups mm-hmm. so we can be super successful and start our day off right. So let's talk about this action plan and tell people how to actually do it. Let's hope you make the most of it, my boy. So I spent a lot of time on this habit tracker thing that I'm going to talk about at the end. Okay, so, so first of all, if you are... We'll put up on the screen for people watching. Uh, if you're not watching, you can go to www.bluecloverthepy.com slash the morning struggle, or just click on podcasts on Blue Clover Therapy website, mm-hmm. and there will be a habit tracker you can print off. Yes. So you can use this to essentially assist in your early morning wake up, pretty much any habit. Any habit. So any I'm habit. actually going to okay. create it for every habit. Okay. I love it. There's swooshies in it. Please check it out. Okay. Um, but the idea here is that we're actually tracking what's happening. Because what I, and even with me, like I feel like I was a pretty good early morning waker upper. Right. Um, come to find out. No, I'm not. I'm really yeah. not. I snooze a lot. We snooze. We snooze. We are snoozers. Yeah. So, snooze buttoners. So it's interesting actually seeing that because I was going to use a really cute highlighter to highlight the days that I am actually successful at this. Right. And come to find out, I actually don't have that many days to you highlight. You don't need highlighters. I don't even don't need, even need them. Because so we, like, we don't mess. Oh. And and the idea is not to be perfect at this right out the gate. The idea is to get better at it. But Progress, not I perfection. Had, yeah, I had no idea that that's where I was at. So um, the first thing I want you to do is to kind of know your plan to wake up. So you need about seven to nine hours of sleep, depending on who you are as a human being. Okay. Some people need more, some people need less. And kind of, and this is part of knowing when your circadian rhythm is already functioning, right? right? So we're going to be altering that circadian rhythm. So it's paying attention to, to where we're at now okay. and where we want to go. Okay. Okay. So it's helpful to kind of write that out if it's way off. Um, ours wasn't that off. Like we're already kind of waking up at 5, 5.30. So if I wanted to realistically make a solid five o'clock wake up time, Right. It wouldn't be too bad to get to that point, right? Sure. But it's being honest with yourself about where you're at. But you need that time. So you need to find out, hey, if I'm wake up at five and I need eight hours of sleep, I need to go to bed at nine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is pretty early for a lot of people. It is pretty early, especially like if you don't go to sleep right away. Right. um, Then you need to sit in your bed 
and like stare at the ceiling for an hour before you actually go to bed. So right. knowing knowing who you are as a human is very important here. Okay. Um, second, I need to know, or I need you to know why, why you're doing this. So wh- why are you waking up in the first place? Yeah. Like runway doesn't matter if you just wake up and you sit around or you surf the YouTubes. The, yeah, exactly. Sorry, YouTube. Surfing the YouTubes. I know you're probably watching right now or you're listening, so, but still. No, but like, what what are we doing? Because if we're just scrolling Instagram, that's not very enriching for our brain, really. Yeah, there's no long-term goal for scrolling Instagram yeah. unless you are researching for your own Instagram account or you're researching for photography or something like that. Right. Like you unless, have to have that end goal in mind. Yeah, there has to be some reason that you're doing this. Okay. And, and giving yourself that, that couple of hours, the, the idea that we shouldn't wake up in an adrenaline spike is really motivating to me because I'm like, oh, I need cell rejuvenation. Therefore, sure. I need a few hours to kind of mosey, okay. right? Yeah. Or get lunches done. Yeah. Or meditate, set up your day, What clean, so, something. Okay. Yeah. So, and then actually get excited about it. And and I would write it down on the actual tracker as well. Okay. What what we're doing and why we're doing it is, is very helpful to... Because when, when you physically write something down, it's more likely to come to fruition because it actually implants in your brain as comprehension mm-hmm. instead of just memory. Yeah, like exactly. You have to comprehend the, the concept. Yeah, okay. it makes more of a, it makes it more concrete. Okay. Yeah. Um, wake up helper. So I needed these because this is waking up is not my jam. Um, these are things that you do to try to get yourself going in the morning so that you your circadian rhythm can start to shift. Now, these are not things that you'll need all the time. Um, once the, the rhythm has actually shifted, you should be pretty good, but you'll probably still need to implement these here and there. Like if you have a later night, like you go to a movie or something, okay. you're probably going to need to use it the morning after that. So what, what are these things? These Okay. Brushing your teeth. Brush. So you wake up and brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. Okay. Uh, bite into a lemon. Bite into a lemon? You mm-hmm. just have a bunch of lemons sitting on your bathroom sink? Yeah, well, no. Do you, do you remember I had a little cup with a lemon slice in it? I remember that. I, and you had... Was that what you were doing, the lemon bite? Yeah, that's what I was doing. I thought you were just, just wanting a, a sour punch in the morning. <laughs> All right. I mean, I was. Yeah. That's exactly what I was doing. Yeah, so... I mean, I put it in a cute dish because I, initially I had it just like sitting there and I'm like, oh, it looks like a sad little lemon slice yeah. just in there. That was the idea. Okay. Just to get Fresh me moving teeth, in the morning. Bite into a lemon. Um, listen to some awesome music. Okay. Get this, that jazzy music going. just to get you out of bed to like start yeah, your like, day. Yeah, like, woo. Um, a light. So um, the the alarm we have. We have a sunshine alarm clock. Yeah. So it's a light. They like the light slowly comes on to mimic the sun. Yeah. So it's like a soft wake up. Right. That's awesome. Okay. Okay. The light is good. Um, get up and get exercising. So um, I know of people who like get out of bed and like start doing squats. Okay. That kind of thing will get you going. Chewing gum. Okay. So getting getting some chewing going because it, uh, it starts your digestive tract going. Did I already say oh. a glass of water? Uh-oh. Glass yeah. of water? A glass of water. Um, it's better if it's really cold. Really cold water. Your body's okay. like, Whoa, that okay. kind of thing. Um, a needy pet children okay things like things that like that, that kind of get you going but up. you want something like that's intrinsically exciting because you don't want to be mad at your kids because they're awake before you and then next thing you know your runway is ruined because it's you're you're not up for yourself you you're can't up. meditate because right. they're up running around right, right. and that's okay. a very frustrating moment All right. but if you bite into a lemon then you can get moving and get your that was kind of the idea behind my yeah. lemon. so these are like little quick fixes to get you up some people yeah. might be able to jump out of bed at 5 a.m ready to go mm-hmm. don't snooze the, the snooze button you're good but if not we got some, you got some tips. Yes, exactly. Okay. Right. Um, you also need to know exactly what your barriers are. 
Now, you'll probably discover new barriers as you go through your first week, um, like I did. But um, most barriers, you can be like, oh, yeah, that's what's happening. Um, so the top four barriers that people come into that are highly researched. This is why you don't wake up this early. Is, yeah, this is why this doesn't end up happening. You, you hit the snooze button six times. Okay. Um, sleep sacrificing. So you're going to bed late. You're going to bed late. You're trying to wake up early. It just doesn't work. Well, but these Netflix shows are not going to binge themselves. That's a very good point. You, and I'm, you need to sleep in. And I'm, it's, I'm doing my due diligence by playing these video games and watching Netflix because I'm helping the economy. Mm -hmm. So if you want to kill the economy, go to wake bed early. Wake up early. Yeah. All right. I That's get it. That's what I'm telling everybody to do. All right. No, but seriously. So don't. Yeah, so go to bed early. Go to bed when okay. you're supposed to go to bed so that you get enough hours of okay. sleep. Um, inconsistent wake up times. So again, your circadian, your circadian rhythm changes every 24 hours. So like on the weekends where we sleep in and why Monday is so hard, it's because you've oh. shifted your circadian rhythm for 48 hours. That makes sense. Yeah. So your body's kind of in a weird non-homeostasis situation. It doesn't so you, know what to you do. You want to get back. It's really hard to get back into consistency. Okay. Yes, exactly. So um, the best way to not disrupt it would only would only sleep in for about an hour. So you, you can wake up within like that hour window. Yes. But really and don't sleep in later than that because you're just going to mess yourself up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's why Monday's hard. Tuesday gets better. Wednesday's better. And then by Friday you're like, yay. And then it's the weekend and then you do it all over again. And okay. it's really bad for you. Um, electronics at night. Awful. Don't do it. If your alarm clock is yeah. on your phone, go get an alarm clock. Yeah, they're like they're like ten to ten or twenty bucks. Or get the sunshine one. And get the sunshine one, which is which we love. And then you can keep your phone out of your bedroom, which yeah. it really should not. Shouldn't have TVs. Shouldn't have phones. That's where the binging at night doesn't yeah. work very well. Um, it messes up your melatonin, and the melatonin's the big component to you actually being able to go to sleep and stay asleep. Okay. And so we, as a society now, this is a huge problem. Um, don't do electronics at night. It just messes you up. Okay. And then the snooze button. Yeah, I okay. love that snooze button. This yep. is my big, big problem. Um, when you hit the snooze button, depending on how long it is, it doesn't tend to be sixty to ninety minutes, like a full REM cycle. So, so we uh, we have sleep cycles. You have five stages of sleep, right? Um, Four or five? I can't remember. But yeah, you have you have stages of sleep, right? And you go through them, and one of those stages is REM. Yes, but it takes like sixty to ninety minutes to to go through these stages of sleep. So you kind of go in and out of of these stages or, or these cycles, I should say. Right. And if you don't get 60 to 90 minutes, it breaks a cycle and it's useless. It doesn't. It's like you, you didn't fall asleep. Exactly. So that extra 15 minutes does absolutely nothing for you health-wise, mental-wise. It's just you're essentially hurting yourself. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Broken sleep like that is significantly worse than just getting a two-hour solid block. Okay. So it's it the snooze button is the worst invention ever and okay. I love it so much <laughs> so so much um create a physical way to see how your habit is going this was the biggest thing that I didn't I guess think of as a therapist you think I would have thought about it but being able to physically see how you're not doing it or you are doing it or it seems to be more successful on certain days versus others so this is where your habit tracker comes in place this is where the habit tracker Print it comes off, in stick it on the fridge mm -hmm. but you can you can create board. your own like you can make a little diagram or whatever you want to yeah, do you don't have to use this yeah use no whatever. i really there's swoopies in it but you really um, like it i love the swoopies but the, to be able to physically see what's going on a realistic view and how many times you're hitting the snooze button maybe i'll post mine so you can see okay. because i i had no idea how often i was actually snoozing usually i make you get up and snooze it which yeah. i think is probably even worse because Prob i'm just like laying worse. in bed yeah. telling someone else to do something um but it's it makes it realistic and so if you want to be successful at these things you're 
you're going to want to to be able to like reassess every week. And that's that's the final thing. So every you should set points to reassess how things are going and then to create a new plan if it's not working. Okay. So like I can't get rid of my snooze button, but I can bite into a lemon because I'm way more likely to get up at like with a like blah than to like bite a lemon and then hit the snooze button. Okay. Because that doesn't make much sense. Right. So reassessing and knowing who you are as a human being and then just kind of playing a game to get around it. Okay. So early morning wake-ups, mm-hmm. you need at least a couple hours of runway. Yes. Uh, between when you're going to start your day, your kind of work day. Getting ready. Mm-hmm. And, and, and getting ready. So it's two hours of, of, of just time to essentially to reminisce, to journal, to meditate, to exercise, to clean, to do whatever it is that you need in that morning to start your day on the right foot so you don't get a huge adrenaline and cortisol spike yep. and then feel behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. You can do some certain habits in the morning to avoid wake up the helpers. snooze button or wake up helpers like uh-huh. the lemon or the cold water, brushing the teeth, kind of something along those lines. And then you need to track it. Yes. So you can use the habit tracker. Um, on the website, or you can kind of create your own Mm -hmm. just to see where you're at. And again, it's about progress, not perfection. Yes. And you can always kind of, kind of go down, you know, start at seven and then move to 630 and then six and then then 530 and then five. Or you can just say, we're doing five o'clock. Right. Make sure you get that seven and nine hours of sleep. Yep. Everybody's different. If you're going to wake up, if you really are going to wake up at five because you're starting your day early, Mm -hmm. you need to go to bed early too. So you need a good bedtime routine as well. And then you're done. And then next thing you know, you're the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. It's, it's that easy. It's, I think it's really that easy. Well, but, on, but a pers- really. on a personal note, we started this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie. Our success has skyrocketed since yeah. we started waking up. And I think it's because we're just effective. We we ease into our day. The things we need to do during our day are either done super early or right. or are easy to do because we're not procrastinating. Mm-hmm. So really, this is like the key habit. It, yeah. And it doesn't have to be 5 a.m. If you're working nights, if mm-hmm. you're working, at, well, not anymore because of COVID, but like a bartender or something like that, and you don't go in till the afternoon, mm-hmm. you can wake up mid-morning. Yes. You know, because yeah. if you're not going to bed till till midnight, uh-huh. you can't wake up at, at four or five in the morning. They just don't get enough sleep. Right. So you can wake up after your seven to nine hours of sleep, but just make sure you have that runway time before you start your day to go start these successful habits. Yeah, doing doing something enriching for yourself because not only do you align your circadian rhythm, because you can change that. That's yeah. a changing thing. But then you're enriching your world and helping your brain continue to rejuvenate its cells, have a good metabolism, have a good immune response like it is overall the best thing for you perfect well thank you everybody for joining us thank you for our uh, hopefully some new youtube audiences thank you for our podcast world as well yeah if you want more information go to bluecloverTherapy.com and let's go out there and build a better you thanks guys <laughs>